Welcome to Captivate and Close. I'm Kinsey Mackis, business consultant and marketing strategist, and I'm going to show you how to attract and enroll high-paying clients using my breakthrough online marketing strategies, all without having to rely on complicated funnels, disingenuous clickbait, or spammy sales tactics. These are the messaging, marketing, and selling secrets that virtually no one is talking about. So let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so happy to be here because I have the most, most amazing guest with me, Stephanie Wigner. Say hey. Hi. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to have you here. It's a long time coming. Yes. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am excited for our conversation today. And also just to give our audience, uh, before I want you to share who you are and what you do, but I'm going to share who you are and what you do from (laughs) the lens that I get to have. Yes. I would, I would love to hear your perspective. um, Yes. And so Steph and I, I think we have become like lifelong sisters, sisters from another mister. And, but we only, I think met, gosh, when did we first meet almost a year ago? Cause it was last summer or maybe last fall. Yeah. I think it was like last September, October, maybe. Yeah. So coming up on a year, which is crazy. I feel like I've known you forever. And I feel like we were absolutely meant to there. We just had an instant connection yeah, um, for sure. and fast friends, like super fast friends are with our other girlfriend. And it has been such a blessing in my life. And I am so excited for you to share your journey and your knowledge because you truly have not just been an amazing friend and like created such an incredible, been a model for what it looks and feels like to have an an incredible relationship with somebody in your life, but also have really impacted me in the way that I see things and my perspective and what's available to me and opportunities. And you challenge me in ways that I haven't been challenged before, even just like simple little questions that you ask and observations that you make and share of me. And I'm just so grateful for you. So you're going to make me cry. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm so grateful for you. Love you so much. And so I feel like this is just such an honor for you to be here and serve our listeners today. So thank you for coming. And All that being said, though, I want you to share more specifically, obviously, other than being the best friend any girl could ask for, (laughs) the most amazing, just like beautiful soul on earth, uh, share specifically what, who you are, what you do and what you're working on right now. Yeah. So I'm Stephanie Wigner and I am uh, a chiropractor by trade. That is my first love, my first profession. And then additionally to that, I am a business coach for other health and wellness practitioners. And outside of that, kind of what you're mentioning is I have this deep, deep desire within me to empower women to truly embody what it's like to live an abundant life and everything that comes along with that. So not only in money, but also in relationships and love and businesses that feel easy and feel fun and exciting. And I just want every woman out there that has a calling to be able to follow that calling and actually tap into what her deepest desires are. And so 
when I first was becoming a coach, I was like, I don't know, this is what I, this is what I'm good at. This is what I like to do, but I also should probably stick within my wheelhouse a little bit. I do my best work with other health and wellness practitioners, but I also fully believe someday I will be on like a huge female stage, probably together with you <laughs> and just raw, raw and getting women empowered. I don't care what your background is. I don't care what you do for a living, but like, let's just take over the world. Eventually that will be my goal. <laughs> so good. Well, you're already doing it. I mean, literally already doing it in so many ways that you probably don't even realize. One of the things that you are, that I love about you is if you like, when you walk away, anybody that walks away in from just, you know, conversation with you or having some sort of experience with you, they walk away feeling inspired and activated. That is an energy that you give, which is no irony. Uh, even when we think about what you do and really the mission that you stand for and the topic that we want to talk about today, which is wealth and abundance. And I'm excited to unpack that because I think your journey is so incredible. And I will never forget. We actually had it's funny because the three of us became super fast friends. And also we still have and had so much to learn about each other. And when we were in Houston, I think we were laying on, we were kind of spread around the hotel room and we started to share some deeper stories that we hadn't yeah. really heard yet before. And so just to even hear more background, um, backgrounds and really learn more about the upbringing and where you've been and how you've gotten where you are has been so incredible. And so in sort of this, like in nature too, what we're talking about today, I would love for you to just share uh, a glimpse into your journey. What did it look like for you as a child and what were sort of the bigger milestones that you went through to get where you are today? Because you didn't say it, but you have built an incredible portfolio of businesses and you have been very successful. You are very successful in your field and you and your husband have built an incredible lifestyle, but it didn't start like that. And I think there's an assumption that, or there can be assumptions made about that, maybe coming from money. Or maybe you just had, you were just smarter than everybody else. <laughs> uh, you had something that we don't have. And I think it's mm -hmm. really normal for women to think this way, that they're not capable of doing what they want to do or achieving the wealth that they want to achieve because they're missing something. Mm -hmm. So I would love for you to just share your story. And I think it could be very inspiring for others. Yeah. I love that you said that, that maybe you have something that we don't. And that's one of the things that I love to be abundantly clear about is like, I don't have anything. I am not smarter. I am not cooler. I am not anything more than anybody listening to this show right now. Right. And so, um, growing up, I had a little bit, you know, anytime I talk about my childhood, I always want to be respectful of my mom, because especially now that I'm a mom, I know how freaking hard it is. Um, but my parents definitely had their own stuff that they were dealing with. And so I didn't have like the white picket fence childhood. You know, my parents were divorced when I was very little, they both suffered from addiction. And so growing up really from zero to 12, it was really kind of unstable and just not sure what that was going to look like. And, and things were not 
ideal. And so, um, when I was 12, my mom got clean and sober. My dad had gotten clean and sober a couple of years before that. And so that was the first time I probably had stability in my life where it was like, okay, everything's becoming predictable. And for somebody who's a recovering perfectionist and control freak, it makes total sense. Now, when I've unpacked my childhood, it's like, yeah, you, you want to control things. Cause that feels better to you. It makes sense. So fast forward a few years from there. Um, I, you know, was in college and I was like, cool. I know that I want to help people. I have this deep desire within me just to help as many people as I can. I want to become a doctor of some sort. And, you know, I, in my, in my final year of college, my grandfather become, became ill. I'm super close with him. So I withdrew from college to move home and take care of him. And it was like, at that time, um, it was like, okay, oh my gosh, you withdrew from college. What are you doing? Your, your future's on the line. And I just had all these naysayers and I didn't realize how much of a rebel I was until then when they were all like, oh my God, what are you doing? You're ruining your life. And I'm like, one decision doesn't ruin your life. How does, how do people not see this? You know, it's like one small glimpse of time. And anyways, I decided to become a chiropractor after moving home, helping care for him for a few months. He had a complete recovery and actually lived to be 93. He has since passed, but I've never once regretted that decision. One of the best decisions of my life. I went to chiropractic school. I started learning about the body and how it heals itself. And it just, it blossomed into this beautiful career. I felt so lucky to fall upon it because I am absolutely in love with helping people. And I got to do so in a natural way. Well, once we graduated, I met my husband at chiropractic school. We uh, moved clear across the country together and we were, he was working for a practice. I was working for a practice and we were just miserable. And I was like, this is not how I um, anticipated it being after going to school for eight years. This is not what I envisioned. Like, cool. I'm a doctor. I thought that I was going to be living large and living the life. And now I'm like living in some crazy lady's basement because it's the only rent I can afford. And for me, that was really hard, challenging. I, or that was really challenging. I had moved clear across the country from all my family and friends, anything that I had known at that point, And I was starting all over essentially. And it was then that I realized the power of our minds and what we convince ourselves of. And I was like, wow, if I'm waking up dreading the day to day, and I feel like I'm not living this abundant life, I feel like life sucks, frankly, that's going to stay with me. And it's only going to get worse from here. So I got to do something. And so I dove into a bunch of self-help books. I was like, you know, I think I'm going to give this entrepreneur thing a try. And so I decided to open my own practice. And from then on, I did everything I could to prime my mind for success. I was listening to books, reading podcasts, and it started to work, you know, and we, we talk about this thing too, can see when we're not recording about like manifesting and how we can truly tap into our wildest, deepest desires. And I fully believe you can manifest more than just money, but I definitely think you also have the power to manifest money, which, um, kind of sounds woo woo to a lot of people. They don't really know what that means, but it's like when you're putting intention forth and you have a distinct goal in mind and you're working towards that, like the universe conspires on your behalf. The universe is going to do what it takes. And so when I started on this entrepreneur journey, I was like, okay, let me dive into some of the programming I had. So obviously growing up without much, my husband was in a very similar scenario. His parents um, gave him everything they could, but it wasn't over the top by any means, you know, it was definitely lower middle class for both of us growing up. And, um, 
our mindsets were just holding us back and the ways that we viewed money were just holding us back. And one of the phrases that I grew up hearing over and over was money doesn't grow on trees. And if you, you start to believe that you start to believe money is a scarce resource. You start to believe that it's really hard to attract or acquire money and you have to do lots of work to reprogram that. And I was definitely hitting this manifesting abundant train long before my husband. So it took some work to kind of get him on board. I was like, listen, dude, I'm going this way. You're either coming or you're not, but I think life's going to be pretty good over here. And I think that if you just trust me a little bit and you start incorporating some of the mantras and the mindset and some of the beliefs that I have, life's going to get a little easier for us. Cause we, it did feel really, really hard. I mean, we were both doctors and didn't have any, like two pennies to rub together, you know, and New Jersey is a very expensive place to live. And so it was even a little bit more challenging. And so it was at that point, right. When I opened my first office, I was like, let's just see what happens. And so I got super intentional with my time. And then, as you know, I've built an amazing practice. We've scaled from one tiny little office, 600 square foot office to four brick and mortar clinics, and, um, have also built an amazing coaching brand in the process. And for me, it was just getting super clear about the phrases and the thoughts that I was having over and over and over and reprogramming it to something way more empowering, but actually believing it, right? Because we can wake up and say, I'm a millionaire or I'm abundant or I am wealthy. But if we don't believe that on a soul level, it's, it's never going to come to fruition. It's more of like, what do I believe to be true today? And how am I taking action to get to where I actually want to be? Oh my gosh. Okay. There's so much I want to unpack there. I, I wrote some notes here. That was so incredible. And again, I think this is, you're such a good uh, leader in, in the sense of like, you can literally do anything that you put your mind to, uh, and which is so cliche, right? But again, just based on what you, what you didn't come from, what you did come from, and then really, it sounds like you it's almost that moment where it's like, I'm kind of sick of being sick or I'm tired of being tired. Mm -hmm. And instead of letting, waiting for circumstances to change, you deciding to make a change. And I think that's the biggest shift, right? Is a lot of people wait for their circumstances to change in order for Absolutely. them to change, which then creates the results, but it's completely the other way around, which is exactly what you uh, model for everybody every day but it's harder to put in practice. Yeah. Right? I think it's, I think it's easier to think about, but when it comes push to shove and you're like, okay, well, what am I going to do about it? It's easy to be kind of frozen or in that analysis paralysis on actually taking action. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things you said was, uh, first of all, really noticing where your programming is. And I think this is such a powerful thing. And I, I hope that you all listening really take note of this because what you said was so important. If we continue to go through life, really not noticing what our programming is and how that's impacting the thoughts we have, the beliefs we have, uh, the actions we take, you're missing out on a huge opportunity to completely like hack your results basically. Um, Absolutely. But you, but you also said like, what are, besides money doesn't grow on trees. I'm curious to know as part of that old programming, what were some things? Oh, there are so many <laughs> in a nutshell. Quote unquote. <laughs> um, so money doesn't grow on trees. Um, oh, that must be nice. Right. You drive by, uh, uh, like that would just be like, Oh, must be nice. And it's like, well, yeah, it is nice, you know? And if you even think about the conversations you have with people and you say, oh, I was just in the mountains with my family or, you know, we just went down to Naples for a week and it's like, must be nice. And it's like, 
Well, what's available to me is also available to you. You're just not choosing to, to scoop it up. And I am, I'm going to grab life by the horns and I'm going to take every opportunity I get. If you're not, that's on you, not on me. Right. But in addition to that, it was like, must be nice. It was, um, um, we don't have money for that. It was, oh my gosh, I was thinking of one earlier that I was also going to talk about. Um, oh, rich people are bad. Mm. rich people are bad who knows what they did to get that money and it's like insinuating that you have to be bad or doing something illegal or not right in order to be you know wealthy and have a lot of money or have nice things and so for me I also grew up believing that we weren't those people we were never going to be those people and so it was really being like that's an identity an identity of I'm always going to live this life is really disempowering. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with, I mean, that's a lie. If I said that, that would be a lie, but I was going (laughs) to say, there's nothing wrong with mediocrity, but I do not believe that whatsoever. None of our, our audience does not want. Yeah. But a simple life. I should say there's nothing wrong with a simple life. By no means am I saying you have to have money in order to get all these materialistic things or things like that. But when you're convinced that like, we just aren't those people, I wasn't willing to settle for that. And that's when like that rebel, you're being told this is how it is. And my intuitive instinct is like, says who? And I think I've always had that. And the older I get, the more it comes out. Like I, you know, I question everything and it's like, well, I want to know what I believe to be true, because if I'm truly going to embody that story, it has to feel good to me. And that just didn't feel good to me. I was never going to be somebody who drove a nice car was going to have experiences or travel over the world. Like I'm not settling for that. And so it took a lot of work and it's still a work in progress, right? There's days when I wake up that I don't feel abundant AF there's days I wake up and I'm like, Oh man, you know, and you have to really just check that thought and make sure that each day you're analyzing your thoughts and are they getting you closer to where you want to be? Are they super empowering or are they keeping you stuck and in a scarce mindset? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love this. So one of the things that you said that was so powerful was that I wanted to feel good. Like it doesn't feel good. I think that's your first red flag as people are kind of checking in with themselves and saying things like that could never happen for me, or I could never buy that, or I'll never be able to afford something like that. But in your body, there's this like deep desire for it, or it is something you want. And again, like everybody's value systems are going to be different. It may not be about a nice car or a lake house or a, you know, an upgraded freaking flight, Uh, who knows, it may not be about those things, but I think it is acknowledging that you have deeper desires. And when you feel it in your, you know, when you feel it in your body. And I love Mm -hmm. that you said that, because I could feel that even when you said that. And I loved just to kind of further this example, uh, we had the chance to go to the amazing chance to go (laughs) to Naples, which I hadn't even, it was not a totally out of uh, my awareness, uh, in Naples is I think one of the wealthier cities in the United States. Yeah. And you opened up your condo to us there. Cause you have a second home or a second piece of property there. Um, or one of your investment properties is there. And we went there to mastermind. And I actually talked about it. One of the episodes on this podcast, we'll link up to that, which was really kind of my next level wealth expansion experience. I realized mm-hmm. I had gotten really comfortable every, like your life and your business is this, is this series of seasons of 
growth. And I think you naturally come, there's going to be a natural ebb and flow. And I noticed, I, I think I was like maybe in the flow too long, getting really mm-hmm. comfortable. Mm-hmm. And that experience had me realizing that and opened me up to more. And I just hadn't had that in so long. I think when you, one of the things, yeah, one of the things I love to say is comfort is a silent thief, you know, and I, I didn't create that quote, but it super resonates with me because I never want to be comfortable. If I am comfortable, it means I have created a new comfort zone and it's time to step out of that. However, on the flip side of that, I am super, super content. I am so grateful. I love my life. If my life never changed, I would, I would die a happy woman. You know, I, I love my I love my spouse. I love my child. I love my businesses. We've created a life that we truly are obsessed with. And I think that that's super important. So I am content. I do not want for anything, but I am not comfortable. I am constantly going to be pushing myself outside of the comfort zone. And similar to what you shared, we get stuck in our comfort zone for too long. We don't even know what's out there or what's possible for us. We have to be the expanders of our own life. We have to force that expansion because nobody else is going to do it because everybody else is living in their comfort zone as well. And so we have to put ourselves in situations and opportunities and environments that are going to force us to think further than we've ever thought before. It was so good. You have so many like, uh, quotes. I I, we, now we have like 30 days of social content for you. I'm just like rapidly taking notes. So I love the delineation between comfort and content because there's a difference. I think there's, if you're not feeling gratitude for your right now, then it will always be sort of the chase. And I think there's a lot of confusion around, well, how do I desire more and also be happy with where I'm at? Mm -hmm. And that is the problem to solve for, or that is sort of the awareness we want to bring, right? Because if we're not feeling happy now, if we're not feeling present now, it will be the constant chase of like thinking that, these other things will make you happier or these uh, like mm-hmm. money will make you happier. Now, again, those money does solve a lot of problems and money does yeah. make you happier, but it only amplifies your current feelings and your current experience of life. Totally. Right. And one of the things, yeah. And one of the things is like, I think there's also a difference between like contentment is truly feeling fulfilled in your everyday life. Mm -hmm. So I feel fulfilled in my marriage. I feel fulfilled in my businesses. I feel fulfilled in my goals. And so I think when people, um, view that it's like, you're just probably unfulfilled. You're not doing meaningful work, or you know, that you're playing small. And that's when people have that restlessness or that unfulfilled or they're not happy. It's like, likely you're not playing up to your potential and that's your responsibility to fix that. But in addition to that, um, I think as natural entrepreneurs, we don't like being in our comfort zone. We get bored, right? It's like, how many times have we even like through our text conversation be like, what if I offer this? And what if I do this? Because naturally that's just how we are. We're visionaries. We want to grow. We want to expand, but by no means are we unfulfilled because fulfillment comes from like a multidimensional life. And that's what I'm committed to living is a multidimensional life. All of my buckets are getting filled. Even my self-care bucket where I take, uh, you know, quick two day trips with my girlfriend so that I can feel fulfilled in that sense. Um, I think that's also part of building an abundant life is making sure that you're taking care of yourself while you're busy leading your family or leading your business, leading your team. It's like, you also have to take care of yourself and your own wants. Um, but I think people get a lot of confusion around the ideal of comfort zone, fulfillment, contentment. It's like one is not synonymous with the other by any means. Mm, that's so good stuff. 
And I think about this experience that I had when we were in Naples, we went out to dinner one night to the most incredible, like uh, the most amazing dinner, the food, the experience. It was so, it was such a quantum leaf experience for me. <laughs> I can't even begin to describe, but we were walking from the restaurant to the beach and you're alongside, you walk across these, the most beautiful homes and I just remember what there was one in particular. I have a picture of it. It's on my vision board now, my updated vision board. <laughs> and I remember when I looked at it, it was not a feeling of lack, like uh, jealousy or anger. It was excitement. And like, it wasn't like, oh, I wish it was like, oh, I can't wait. And mm -hmm. I think, and that was also an indicator of just even how much I've grown, you know, personally, professionally, but it's a journey. It's not like I, that, totally. that transformation happened overnight. How, and like, you look at that and you're like, well, if they can, why can't I? Right. Instead of yes. being like, and that was part of the programming from that must be nice. How often, you know, do you hear people say that must be nice that we talked about? It's like, well, if them, why not me? Or yes. anytime, like, and I think I shared this with you when we were walking by anytime I see something that I desire in my life and it shows up in my reality, I know the universe is giving me a sign that it's possible for me too, yeah. because it wouldn't be in my realm if it wasn't. The second thing is it like that house, that beautiful house. I say, bless that house, bless that house, bless the peoples that live there. Cause I only want to send out positive energy to that vibration of life. I have no space for jealousy or resentment or any of those things that you discuss because it's like, Hey universe, I'm sending you signals that that is what I want. So I'm going to send some gold twinkle dust over there and you're going to so send it good. back to me and everything's going to be good. <laughs> oh, so good. And I love just that visual. Cause I think it gives people such uh, a tangible way of sitting into that energy and really thinking differently about, uh, the thoughts that they're having and just how we walk through life. And so for people that maybe don't have that first impression of positive feelings, mm -hmm. what are some things to consider? Like, what are some things that you did to change your programming? Oh, good question. So, um, anytime I find money laying on the ground, I pick it up and I say, thank you universe. So I don't care if it's a penny. I don't care if it's a quarter. I don't care if it's a dollar. I mean, listen, we found a hundred dollars in a grocery um, shopping mall plaza before because I'm telling the universe, thank you for the pennies. It's going to continuously send me more money, bigger dollars. You know, I'm, I'm here for it. Um, but I also got super clear about thanking the universe and also documenting the synchronicities in my life. So what I mean by that is like, Anytime something seems like it's too good to be true, or it just like happens so easily, you know, when that client just like follows you on social, then they DM you, then you open your email and you're like, they filled out an application. That is a synchronicity. Like that, that was so easy. The universe sees your effort and what you're doing and it's rewarding you. And it's going to continue to reward you if you put forth that effort. So when it comes to managing money, when you're paying that utility bill online, you feel gratitude in that moment that you have the $200 to pay your electric bill mm -hmm. because you are happy to send the money away because you know, you're going to attract more to you. It's everything. The way that you pay for your coffee in the morning, it's the way that you fill up your car with gas. It's like, if we can just be grateful that we have money to pay for our everyday expenses, what we are grateful for expands naturally. Mm -hmm. And so being grateful for those things that you're already spending money on and viewing at them, viewing them through a little bit of a different lens and being like, okay, you know, maybe I don't have that, that business that's producing the revenue that I want it to yet, but here's what I do have. And for that, I'm grateful. And I'm able to go buy groceries for my family this week. Mm -hmm. And I know that 
other people have been in my shoes where it maybe was a struggle. You know, you and I both have probably been there. I know I have where it was a struggle to make ends meet, but I'm in a way different reality from that. Now I feel abundantly blessed in that sense. And so it's like, how can I feel gratitude in that moment when the last thing I want to feel is gratitude? Because you, like you said earlier, you have to program yourself to believe what's possible to believe there's more out there. And you do that by really just viewing your day-to-day things through a different lens. Yeah, that's so powerful. It's it's funny because I think about when Ryan and I were broke AF and yet it was such a happy time. Like mm-hmm. I think about how we experience each other in life. Obviously our circumstances are so different, but that energy is still there. And uh, you know, when, when we could barely make rent or we're like scrounging the couch for quarters to, to have mm-hmm. a treat of like a, a soda, um, out of the fountain, like, and I think that naturally we, we started to create those, that, ex, that experience of each other and, and what we wanted out of life without waiting for those circumstances around us to change. A hundred percent. And you're, you're reminding me of a time. Um, I think it was last summer. Cause I think our son was like 10 months old or so, but Kyle, my husband surprised me with an overnight trip to New York city. We live super close, like an hour and a half away. And so I did like a little cute, real like point of view. Your husband surprises you with a 24 hour trip to New York city and you know, trolls come out and, and they were like, must be nice. Oh, all I see is you, um, like flashing money or whatever. And I was like, bro, you got it wrong. We were just as happy when we saved $30 for a Chipotle date back in school than we are now, because the energy is the same. Who we are as people is the same. We, we loved each other just as much then as we do now. And it's like, no, the, the reason we're so grateful to have this experience is because we both came from nothing and we know what it's like to what it's took to actually get here. Um, but like that person is never going to have abundance in their life because they're too busy being a troll on other people's stuff. Right. And so even the way, not that any of our listeners do that because they are so much higher level, higher energy, but it's just like, maybe you still had that thought process. You know, it's like, how can you check yourself and how can you do a gut check and be like, how am I actually moving through my day-to-day life? And what are the thoughts that I'm having that are getting me closer to where I want to be? Um, but yeah, the, the whole, uh, another thing back to our, like rich people are bad. It was also like, okay, you believing that you, you had that same energy back then money only makes good people better. Like if you're good at your core, th- I- I can speak from experience. The more money I have, the more people I help. So like I take care of my family. I'm flying my sister to Disney with her whole family to experience it with our family because I'm so grateful I could do that for her family. You know, we we've paid off loans. We've helped our parents get a couch and a fridge and like all of this stuff. So because I'm a good person at my core, I'm only able to expand upon that and duplicate that and make other people's lives better. Now, if you're a bad person at your core, I am sure there are plenty of billionaires walking around that are bad people that don't do good things with their money, you know? So it's like, again, finding those little phrases that we think, and it's like, how can we reprogram it? Like money is not the root of all evil. Evil is the root of all evil. Mm -hmm. So look at some of those things that are coming up for you and just be like, what's actually true. And what am I just repeating that's happening? And for me, that was one of it when I was trying to overcome, like, okay, I don't want to be a bad person, but I do want to be wealthy. I want to be successful. What does that mean? Well, it means that like, I'm already a good person. So I'm only going to continue to be a good person. I'm just going to have more resources to help more people. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So good. And I think that's going to resonate with a lot of people because naturally most of our listeners are very service led. I just want to help people. Right. Mm -hmm. But if we do that out of step, if we do that without being super intentional about 
you know, selling our services and pricing in accordance of our, our desires and like really creating that uh, re- the, the quote unquote right relationship with money, then that creates burnout. And I think that obviously shifts the conversation and we talk more about action, but just to wrap up this piece, I think what you have provided is a really tangible way to think about this manifestation abundance reprogramming. And it's so powerful. I think we could talk for literal hours on this, <laughs> but then there's this other side. And I think this is probably where, even if you are more on, and we could call that the woo side, maybe, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Cause I think that also is cliche because it gets it. I think it gets a bad rap as far as like, it doesn't really matter. It uh-huh. does come before strategy, but if you only have that without the action to follow, then obviously none of it will work. Mm-hmm. And even this, this comment around, but must be nice. Like I know the stress that you have experienced even this summer with a lot of changes in your clinics and becoming a new, like Jethro is still so he's like, you're, he's in the thick of toddlerhood, which is like crazy for momhood. And you are, you have less help with your nanny. So you're managing a lot and it has 100, it's not all unicorns and rainbows. And I think that's a misperception that people have is like what you think I'm just sitting back, like relishing (laughs) like hundred dollar bills right now. Right. Right. But I think the, the tools and knowledge that you have help you navigate those harder seasons so graciously. And that's what I love so much about you. But one of the things you said a little bit ago was pouring into all areas of your life. Mm-hmm. And I think this is really important because you do emulate uh, an example of someone who you can have it all. We can have it all, right? You don't have to sacrifice being a great mom for being a great business owner or vice versa. Mm-hmm. What is something, can you talk, can you just unpack that thought a little bit further as far as like, what does that look like for women? Yeah. I think for every woman, it looks different, right? Because I have some clients that I work with that they're like, Hey, if I can get my business to 300 K and only have to leave the home three days a week, then that feels good. That's awesome. That is their goal, their desire. I absolutely know they could have it. Um, you know, for, for some women, they're like, Hey, I actually want to build this business to a million dollars. So we need to strategize to figure that out, you know? And so I think you can have everything that you want, but the problem is, is that you don't know what you want. Mm, right. So good. And so like, for me, I know exactly what I want. I know, I don't know exactly how I'm going to get there, but I'm not attached to the how I know that the how will reveal itself. Right. But I know exactly what I want and I have full faith that I will get it. And I think that having that conviction and that confidence is really the missing link, but so many people I can get on calls and, you know, we've even had, mastermind sessions between the three of us where we're like, okay, well, what do we want? And it's like, well, I could want this. I want that. You know, like we're all just brainstorming. And it's like, until we know what it is, it's going to be really hard to get. And so for me, what having it all to me means making a buttload of money. I'm not even going to put a number on it because I don't want to cap myself. So good. Spending a ton of time with my family, having a loving, dedicated relationship with my husband, traveling the world, giving my son the best experiences, also experiencing the best experiences for myself, and then having meaningful friendships and relationships in my life with women who truly want the best for me and that see me for who I am. Mm -hmm. Like that is a having it all to me, having a great relationship with my family too. They live a little far, but like making sure that I prioritize seeing them multiple times a year, you know, having team members that I'm able to mentor, but that also are generating their own level of success. I love nothing more than paying out bonuses to my team at the clinic because we hit 
hit a record. Like I love supporting them in that way. And I love mentoring them. And so to me, that's what having it all means. Um, but to somebody else, it might mean something else. It might be like, Hey, I want to take walks on the beach with my dog. I don't ever want children. Um, and I want to travel to Europe three times a year. Like that could be their version. And so I don't think there's a right or wrong answer for what all of it means, but I do think that getting crystal clear on what you actually want is the first step. Yeah. Love that. And so then from there, because obviously to get from here to there, and even if you think about your walk from nothing to a multi-million dollar portfolio, like you're not just sitting back <laughs> waiting for it to come to you. Yeah. Right? I some- don't just put it on the vision board yeah. and then hope and pray. <laughs> yeah. There's a pursuit there. Can you talk a little bit more about tangibility around if you had, to, which I'm totally putting you on the spot here, but <laughs> When it comes to, first of all, I think hopefully people can understand this idea of wealth and abundance and see it in such a more expansive way. Cause I think it can be misconstrued. Wealth means having a lot of money or like grinding yourself to the, you know, to the ground to get it, but mm-hmm. it's so much more than that. But mm-hmm. I think tangibly too, when you think about building a net worth and like building up your net worth and creating that sustainable wealth what are some tactical level things that maybe, um, our listeners haven't considered yet? Well, I definitely think you have to diversify income. I think that's the only way to truly amass wealth is to have more than one income source. And with the caveat of your main income needs to remain your main income. And so, so often, even with clients that I'm working with, they're like, cool, I got this practice down, you know, doing half a million. I want to diversify, but then all of a sudden they diversify, they're distracted. They're not focusing on their main business. Now all of a sudden they're hitting a backward trend, right. And maybe revenues down and patient visits are down and that sort of thing. And so um, clients aren't reaching out to them, you know, and it's like, okay, your main thing has to stay your main thing. But once you start generating, you're paying yourself what you want to be paid, first of all, because I don't think you should diversify until you have reached a, a lifestyle and a way of living that you truly enjoy. Because I think when you're happy and you're joyful and you feel full of love, you attract more of that into your life. So say, you want to pay yourself that from your main business. And once you're generating more profit than that, that's when it's a good time to kind of save that and diversify and say, Hey, I'm going to buy a cash flowing asset, like a piece of real estate, or I'm going to save this money and actually start another business either related or unrelated your call. Um, but I truly think you need more than one income source and enter in order to truly build like a wealth portfolio. Yeah. And I think it, this is also very hard to kind of uh, do strategically because of the squirrely brain. Like we, like you can just get a shiny object syndrome. And I think it's re- totally. really important what you said that your main income needs to, uh, remain your main income, which even if you were, I think wanting to do something different, making sure I would imagine that there's systems and processes and team in place that can continue to create, like mm-hmm. run that machine, if you will. I mm-hmm. also think this could be applicable, even if you were looking in, at your, just your coaching or consulting business, this, I think the same rule would apply. Let me know if you disagree to your offers. It's like, don't start creating all the offers Absolutely. before the one offer is has really taken off dialed mm-hmm. in and it's generating revenue consistently. And so even from a diversification in your offer suite, I love that you gave that example and that tactical level piece of advice, because that's really important. 
Mm -hmm. And when we're talking about offers like that, you have your main offer, be your offer that's predictable, scalable. And then once you can guarantee like, well, this one offer does 10 to 15 K a month, no matter what I've systematized it, I've automated it. Now let's throw something else out to the audience and see if they're going to bite, you know, see if that's going to hit the way that this first offer hit. And that offer could take off and surpass the main offer, but that main offer is sustaining your life. It's your livelihood. It's paying your bills. We don't want to mess with that. Yeah. <laughs> Until you've got something like my goal, a hundred percent is for my consulting income to way surpass my income from the brick and mortars. However, I am doing that very strategically and tactically so that my income from the brick and mortars isn't harmed in the making of this consulting business. Yes. Right. And so yes. the same thing goes for your offers. It's like, we have to protect the income producer at all costs. Mm. And then we can diversify outside of that. And then you have more permission to test different things and see if they work. So when my husband and I go to buy a property or to do a new, uh, a new investment, or we've tried so many things and eight out of 10 times they don't work, but we don't care. Mm -hmm. Like it's a lesson learned. I mean, listen, we care, but it's not like it, it doesn't affect my livelihood. Right. And that's the important thing. So if we try a business and it doesn't work, sure. We're out thousands of dollars, but it's lessons learned. We've learned from it. We know what we are going to do moving forward. I think you have to protect your offers the same way that like, if you throw something out there and it doesn't hit, you don't care. Cause you still have your main offer. So good stuff. I love that you said that. I think that is the hardest thing to do. And I think even if you think about your own journey, what you do so well is you have the patience and you have the faith, like you just trust because I know even just in this season that I, of life that you're in and me being witness to that, like you really do just trust that things will work out even when it's so freaking hard. And I imagine it was the same as you guys were growing your clinics and you, there was probably indicators there that maybe, or there might've been indicators that maybe it wasn't going to be successful or it got hard, mm -hmm. but you really trusted that process to come through and the patience was there. Well, the thing, yeah, the thing is like, I'm always going to bet on myself because I know if, if marketing fails, I know if my website goes down, you know, if we're talking about the brick and mortar, if I know no patients are calling, no other providers are referring me, um, all my staff quits, I know that no matter what, I will show up day in and day out. And so as long as I bet on myself, whatever I'm doing is going to be successful. And I think we need a little bit more of that conviction within entrepreneurship. We think that these outside forces are going to make or break us and they're not. The only thing that's going to make or break you is yourself. And if you can just tap more into that, it's, it doesn't matter what you face. That's why, you know, like I've, I've shared candidly with you, some of the struggles that we've just been dealing with as we're scaling these clinics and as we're managing a toddler and two busy entrepreneurs building this life of our dreams, like it isn't easy. And there's been plenty of like, you know, nights that we're crying and we're frustrated, but like we get up to face another day because we know that it's all part of the process. And anytime we face resistance, we don't view it as a signal to quit. We view it as a signal to learn so that the next time we get there, it's way easier. And so for us, it's just been a matter of, Hey, there's been plenty of times. I mean, and listen, even within the last two weeks, like we're managing over 20 employees. We're like, let's just burn it down and go to Costa Rica. Like that sounds cool, you know? And then yeah. it's like, okay, we go to sleep and we wake up and we're like, ah, oh, we're good. We're fine. You know, yeah. it's like, get more sleep, drink some more water, have a date night. You'll figure it out. Like every business is figure outable. And so if you can have that conviction in yourself, you start to view all of these hurdles and obstacles as really not that big of a deal. Cause you know, it's all just part of the journey.
Oh my gosh. I got chills all over my body uh, in so many ways, especially about the resistance piece, because that, especially for people that are in their first few years or business, first few years, that resistance, even though it's small, it the the challenges are actually smaller in, in perspective to what you're about to come into. The mm-hmm. resistance feels heavier because you are still building that self-trust. It all feels so big. So big. But to, but what you said about that resistance and taking that and learning from that versus looking at it as there's something wrong or I need to quit or I should stop or there's something wrong with me and also, or letting it slow you down. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, that is so powerful. So powerful. Yeah, for sure. Oh my gosh. Okay. We'll wrap it up there. I, <laughs> I We could go on and on. We could talk for hours. Oh my gosh. (laughs) There's so much here. And I feel like we unpacked some of the core things. I think from a strategic perspective, I think there's a lot there. What you really, uh, I think hit on was really powerful in, uh, diversification, but that can only occur when you really nailed in the one thing, whether that's in relation to your offers, to different properties that you're running or brick and mortars that you're running, right? It just is a reminder that you can create that but it's the mastery of those foundations. And what's cool is you're going to use those same skills that you build in these other, you know, ventures, whether, whatever that looks like. So it's just going to go faster. And I think that's probably what you, even in relation to what you've shared with me in the past is like, I think these things amplify so much faster they once get easier. Really yeah. One, once you've mastered one business, business is business. You can master yeah. another one. So it's like, just focus on your first one because the others come much easier. And it doesn't mean you won't face obstacles in them too, but yes, you start to hit this momentum and this quantum leap. Once you've really tapped into your genius and what you're good at, and then you just take off. And then now all of a sudden you go from one to seven businesses and you're like, how did that happen? And it's like, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's, it's a beautiful thing that happens, but having that conviction with the first one and just going all in on yourself is like, you, you can't lose if you no. do that. And that reminder for us every day to create that gratitude and mm-hmm. really find the abundance in the now while also being inspired and feeling inspired about the future, I think was so powerful. So what you've offered today, Steph is so good. Uh, I have chill bumps again right now. So <laughs> I'm so thankful for you and your time. And this conversation was so beautiful as expected. Yes, um, I would for love for me. you to share where can people find you? And also you just launch a podcast. So I want, I you did to launch a podcast <laughs> and thank you for answering all my million questions. When I text you about a podcast, Yes, so fun. Um, so you can find me at Dr. Steph Wigner on Instagram or the wealthy practitioner on Instagram. And my podcast is also called the wealthy practitioner. So I continue the conversation about building profitable businesses, navigating motherhood, diving into self-worth and mindset stuff that's holding us back. And so that's where you can connect with me. Yeah. I love it. And I love, although you're, you specialize in mostly working with practitioners, what you share and talk about in the systems and the strategies apply to all businesses. And also just what you stand for is so powerful. So if you guys aren't following stuff, I think you'll find when you go do follow her uh, and just follow her journey. You'll just find so much encouragement and inspiration just in the way that you model how to live an abundant life in every moment, even in the darker season. So um, I just love you so much. Thank you. I love you more. Thank you so much. You're so sweet. I love chatting with you. Uh, So fun. All right, guys, have an amazing day. Talk to you soon. Hey, you. 
Thank you so much for listening. It's an honor to be able to pour into the hearts and minds of like-minded entrepreneurs all over the world. But my most favorite part is being able to connect with you in real life. If you loved what you heard here, head over to the community where thousands of female CEOs just like you are changing the world one human at a time. We go deeper into the topics we discuss here and give away tangible roadmaps to help you crush your revenue goals. To join this high caliber free community, head over to kinseymackis.com forward slash community. See you there.